Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of Your Retirement Elevated. I'm Walter Sorholt alongside Scott Dugan, co-founder and managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group, serving you throughout the Kansas City metro area, but also serving clients all across the country. You can find us online by going to listentoscott.com. That's listentoscott.com. And on today's episode, Scott joins us uh, remotely today, uh, joining in via telephone, uh, using Zoom and all sorts of fun technologies these days. Scott, how's it going? Uh, It's going all right, uh, Walter. (laughs) Trying to get used to this uh, new normal, Uh, but technology is kind of helping save the day. So happy to be able to uh, call in on the phone today and uh, and do this from the comfort of my home office. Very nice. You've been doing a lot of uh, webinars and all sorts of different things. Take us into what the last couple of weeks have been like for you just as a business owner, kind of navigating through everything. Well, it's interesting because as a business owner, you know, I've got, got to make sure that, you know, my team is taken care of and can do their job effectively. And if they can do that, then it's it's the other goal, which is take care of our clients. And so really every decision that we've made, you know, in the past few weeks has been about how do we serve our clients? How do we take care of our employees and team members and, you know, make sure that things don't fall through the cracks and, you know, be as efficient and effective as possible. And I think we haven't been a hundred percent perfect with it, uh, but I think we've done a very good job with the situation um, and it's going to be interesting to see how many of these new uh, new process procedures or just ways of thinking stick, you know, once the, you know, kind of the all clear is given and we move back into normal. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, like I say, how, how, how this plays out and how we continue to conduct business going forward. Yeah, it will be certainly very interesting to see how it all plays out. And I think there'll be waves. There'll be a short-term adaptation, a you know somewhat medium-term adaptation, and then there will be a few things that are around with us maybe forever going forward, a few long-term changes that we'll all need to adapt to or that will you know kind of spawn out of this whole ordeal. Well, let's deal with the here and now on today's episode. Scott, and if you clicked on today's episode, you probably saw it's something to do with that CARES Act. This was part of the several pieces of legislation and the waves of information that came down to us uh, from government entities. Scott, kind of helping people understand what's going on uh, with COVID, with uh, the coronavirus, how improvements or changes might be able to be made, um, some of the different programs that have now been enacted to try and offset some of the damage done to the U.S. economy from the coronavirus. And so we have the CARES Act now, and we're going to cover five ways that the CARES Act specifically impacts retirement planning. It certainly impacts many people, Scott, throughout all different phases of you know our financial lives. But specifically today, we're going to focus on retirement planning. So I'm looking forward to this. Oh, definitely. And you know, first of all, the CARES Act, the CARES stands for Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. Uh, so they did a, did a snazzy little acronym for that. And yeah, so I thought instead of And they came up with that reading, on pretty short notice, Scott. That was impressive. They, they did. That was much better than the SECURE Act. Uh, they, I think they did a little better job on the CARES Act. Uh, kind of, it definitely rolls off the tongue a little easier. Uh, but yeah, we wanted to focus on how it affects retirement. Um, I thought that was better than reading the thousand pages of text of this far-reaching <laughs> bill. Uh, I thought we'd just distill it down and get to the top five. And looking at those, and I think the and some of these will have an effect 
on our clients and listeners, and some of them won't really have an effect, but I thought it would be good to dive into these, and then obviously you know what your options are, and more importantly, what to explore depending on your current situation uh, with that. So the first one um, will affect our 72 and over clientele if they have an IRA, 401k, and the like, um, and also affects people with um, that are below 72 with an inherited IRA. And so with this, uh, number one is required minimum distribution. So what's changed? And again, probably the biggest retirement-related change to the CARES Act was suspending all required minimum distributions, which are RMDs from retirement accounts in 2020. Now, this is going to include 401ks, inherited retirement accounts, 403Bs and 457s. All right, so it's very broad and it does not push this off to 2020. So said another way, they're not saying, hey, you don't have to take an RMD, but you'll have to double up in 2021. It is as basic as you don't owe any RMDs for 2020, inherited or otherwise. And so the impact of that is really designed to help people if they don't need to take the money out and if they're invested, especially if you're invested in the stock market and those assets are down in value, it's giving you option to not withdraw money on an account that's you know down in value. And they're basically saying that, hey, if you can hold off, you know, let it stay inside of that account and it comes back and you can take that, you know, RMD in 2021 when the time comes. So, you know, it could be a huge benefit uh, for some people, but I think the real takeaway from this is really going to be dependent on what your current tax situation is and what your need for income looks like. Uh, and so if you're one of our clients, you know, we've been having conversations about where to take money from, if we need to take money uh, for income in 2020, and also looking at what are the tax planning opportunities that present themselves because of the suspension of RMDs? So remember, if you're 72 or over and you've got to take a required minimum distribution, and but you're also interested in doing Roth conversions, for an example, well, prior to you know 2020, you couldn't convert an RMD to a Roth. So an example, let's say you had to take out $10,000 uh, for acquired minimum distribution. Well, that $10,000 couldn't be converted to a Roth. You'd have to do everything above that 10,000 could be. And so again, it gives you an opportunity to either leave the RMD in the account or use that RMD and move that piece over to a Roth IRA for the year. So doing a conversion that amount. And so I, I know we've done this for clients already. And it's allowing us to take advantage of the temporary price decline, you know, or the market decline, convert those equities or accounts over to Roth at a lower rate. So when those do recover, and what do we know? What goes up, you know, must come down. What goes down must come up over time. We want to recover those funds in a tax-free status. All right, so it's been a very nice uh, strategy for the right situation. Now, that's not going to apply for everyone, but I think the big takeaway is no RMDs for 2020. 
If you don't need it, let's figure out the most tax efficient way uh, to utilize this CARES Act uh, detail and improve your situation, I think is really the big takeaway here. Well, it's a big deal. And uh, you mentioned that that's for people who are basically 72 and older. That's who that's impacting right now, Scott. 72 or older. And if you have inherited an IRA or retirement account uh, from a non-spouse. Okay. So if your father, um, you know, you inherited an IRA, there's no inherited IRA RMD uh, requirement. Now, there's some complexity in here um, because we have the SECURE Act that started January 1 that changed how uh, RMDs are required. And so you really have, it's really determined by when you inherited the account, determines if you had an RMD from that inherited account or not. Uh, so if you inherited that account prior to January 1st of 2020, you had a certain required distribution based on your life expectancy. And so for this year, that would be suspended. Um, if you inherited an IRA this year, uh, so date of death happened after January 1st, 2020, there is no required minimum distribution. You just have to have that account emptied out by the 10th year. So definitely has introduced some complexity. My advice to you is, if you're working with us, get with us, and we'll walk you through that process. Uh, if you're just a listener and have not engaged with us, uh, definitely reach out, and we'll be happy to chat and walk you through that process. Because, it, again, it is a little more delicate and nuanced because of the SECURE Act and the CARES Act combination. It's a great point. All right, so required minimum distributions, one of the ways the CARE Act uh, or CARES Act, I don't want to shortchange it and leave off an S there, uh, the CARES Act impacts retirement planning. All right, so uh, next on the list, and this is an interesting one, Scott, because I have a feeling, based on our past conversations, this isn't something you normally would ever recommend to somebody, but it will impact retirement planning, and that uh, has to deal with 401k loans. It does, and it's, again, not something that we would routinely uh, advise that someone do this. Um, but what's changed, uh, many 401ks and other defined contribution plans allow participants to take out a plan loan of up to $50,000 or half of their vested account balance, whichever is large, you know, the 50,000 is the limit. And typically those loans are repaid over a five-year period through payroll deduction. And so there's two big changes that the CARES Act. So first, uh, plans now allow a participant to borrow up to a 100% of his or her vested account balance or $100,000, whichever is less. And this expand limits only apply to loans made from March 27th to September 23rd of 2020. So there's that window of time that you've got to abide by. And, but also remember that not all retirement plans allow for loans. And is it a decision based on the, at the individual plan level? So this has to be part of your plan agreement uh, to be able to exercise this. Second thing that the CARE Act gives, CARES Act gives people an extra year to pay back their loans. So if 2020 was one of the five years for their outstanding loan repayment, uh, essentially creating a six-year repayment period with no more payments due in 2020. And so they're saying, hey, you can hold off and not have to repay in 2020. And so again, it doesn't really impact most of our clients, uh, but I wanted to let you know that is an option. And so really it, it gives 
relief in two meaningful ways. You know, borrowing money from your 401k is a short-term need, not always ideal, but in a crisis, it could be a better option than taking out a personal loan or credit card debt. Um, so you've got to really look at that. Uh, second, granting individuals another year of 401k loan repayments means that they they don't have to remove money from their paycheck. You know, so their paycheck is a little bit higher and allows them for higher cash flow. So if you find yourself in a situation where you're needing extra cash flow, uh, you know, in a chunk, uh, you definitely want to contact your employer and your retirement plan provider to make sure you can, A, push off your loan payment. And again, it's unlikely most plans and employers will make the suspension of 2020 payments an automatic feature. So it's something that you're going to have to request. Uh, to be able to do that. So check, can you make a loan against your balance, number one? And number two, uh, can you push off those loan repayments? Uh, more likely, you're going to have to start that process. It's not going to be just automatically instituted across the board. But really, taking a loan out of your 401k, you'd really kind of lose, uh, you view that as a last resort kind of thing? It would be a scenario where we've we've exhausted all of our options, and it was really the last last option that made sense. Okay. And again, that's not going to be for uh, most of our clients. But you know what? Their kids may be in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. No, I think uh, that's important. Because, hey, we all know I've had a few conversations that uh, the bank of mom and dad has been <laughs> been called. And uh, the, the process has been started <laughs> to see if uh, what the terms would look like if mom and dad or grandmother and grandfather would uh, open up the checkbook. So, again, we've, we've got to use it situationally. The bank of mom and dad. I like that. You need to trademark that, <laughs> Scott. Um, yeah. All right. So we've got uh, 401k loans. We talked about the RMDs. Uh, the CARES Act also impacts Social Security in a couple of ways. It does, and and I'll keep this one brief because this is really it. Social Security benefits are not directly impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. Um, however, to get nerdy on you, Section twenty three hundred two of the CARES Act allows self employed individuals and employers to push off the employer side liability of the federal Social Security taxes owed on employee wages from May 27th through December 31st. Uh, that was a mouthful, I know. And so, but I I was posed this question by our CPA and basically it was, hey, you know, you don't owe this portion of social security that gets deducted. Uh, you can push that off and pay at a later date. Uh, I, instead of deferring that 6.2% until December of 31st, 2021, what we've done is just continue to pay it. Uh, but if you're self-employed or an employer, you do have the option to defer that employer side liability. Uh, again, you, you really have to look at what your situation is and see if you're comfortable with cash flowing that money. It's not negated. You just have to pay it at a later date. So I'm, I'm of the opinion if you can do it, it's a lot easier to do it along the way than have to come up with a chunk of money later on. 
makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, planning in advance helps really clear up a lot of that confusion and, and gray area for some of those things. So Social Security right. benefits also seeing those tweaks and changes. Uh, next on the list, Scott, we have coronavirus-related distribution exception added. What in the world does that mean? <laughs> so what changed there is that uh, they after January 1st, 2020, and before December 31st, 2020, so in between in the calendar year 2020, uh, an individual or their spouse who is diagnosed with COVID-19, or if they experience adverse financial consequences caused by the coronavirus, such as like being laid off, having your hours reduced, uh, being quarantined or furloughed, uh, you can take up to $100,000 can be withdrawn from your retirement and it's exempt from the 10% penalty tax if the distribution is taken before age 59 and a half. And so a retirement plan can rely on a participant's written statement that he or she meets the conditions. So if you or a loved one's been affected, um, a spouse, then you can take up to that $100,000 from a retirement account and not be penalized if you're pre-59 and a half with that 10% penalty. So again, it's a way to get access from the dollars and not pay the penalty. But again, I would really look at that as what are your other options? Does this really make financial sense to, to dip into that account? And again, you, hopefully it's just a short-term need, but um, you really want to weigh the pros and the cons there. The mindset isn't, oh, they've made it really easy for me to go and pull this money out now. It's, oh, I need to go pull this money out. Thankfully, they've made it so I won't be penalized for doing so. That's you got to kind of flip that around. Correct. Okay. Yep. All right. And Scott, I know this is something that we tend to talk about every couple of episodes here on the show, something that's uh, important to you. And I know for a lot of your clients as well, you talk a lot about charitable giving. And there's that's one of the other five elements here of the CARES Act and how it has impacted retirement planning. Absolutely. So the first change relates back to the RMD suspension for 2020. Now, you can still do a qualified charitable distribution or QCD of up to $100,000 from your IRA to qualified charities in 2020. And so if you directly distribute it to that charity, it's not going to show up as taxable income to the individual. Uh, but however, since RMDs are suspended for 2020, the distribution won't offset any RMDs. All right. So, so that's one thing to look at. Uh, the second thing, the CARES Act created a new above-the-line deduction of $300 for charitable contributions. And so you can up to that $300 can be charitable contributions above the line. And the third thing, the CARES Act allows for cash gifts to most public charities of up to 100% of adjusted gross income for 2020. Uh, this is normally limited to 60% of AGI. So what's the impact on that? Uh, many retirees might choose to forego giving via QCD in 2020 if they wanted to offset the RMDs. Instead, a lot of people are going to decide to wait until 2021 to do a qualified charitable distribution when it will actually offset a required minimum distribution. And so, we, again, you really got to look at your situation to see what's the best way to take advantage of the tax scenario. And it also you make sure it applies to your situation. And you know, lastly, if you have a large taxable event in 2020, let's say like the sale of a business, 
you know, could make sense to take advantage of the one-time higher AGI limit for cash gifts. While it's not advisable to do 100% AGI gift for most people, uh, you can plan on making a large gift to charity in the future to leverage, you know, the new 2020 limit. So that, there's a lot that's buried in that. And so, again, I just want you to know that, you know, you can still do QCDs, but it's not going to offset RMDs because they're not required in 2020. And there's a few ways to, you know, be able to utilize that to your benefit. And and so, again, there are quite a few little changes in, on charitable giving. Um, but I think if we wrap this up uh, for today, I can tell you that I think the the big takeaway is these are all, all little items that we want to make sure that we abide by and apply and, and use in 2020. But I think if we step back and look at the bigger picture, you know, what is the bigger picture? What is the downstream impact of the CARES Act? And if you've been listening to this podcast or been a client or of ours for a while, we have a, a consistent theme talking about future taxation. Now, I don't have a crystal ball, but I do know a couple of things. I know that the current tax cuts are set to expire January 1st, 2026. What's that mean? It means we roll back to where tax rates were in 2017, which are higher than they are today. We're in some of the lowest tax rates we've seen in 30 years. And we do know that, you know, we've got a large national debt. We were at surpassed $24 trillion with a T, trillion. And that was prior to the coronavirus pandemic and the shutting down of not only the U.S. economy, but the global economy. Now, the government's extended a $2.1 trillion initial uh, stimulus package. Uh, we just had a second uh, small business or business stimulus package that was approved. And so that added over $2 trillion to the debt. So if you're listening to this, I guess my question is, does this slowdown of the economy, you know, purposefully and the expansion of our debt, is that going to bring about changes to our tax system quicker than prior to the coronavirus? And I would say most of us are going to say this is probably going to have an impact yeah, uh, and not in a potentially a positive way. And so that's why I think tax planning continues to be important continue to be something that we need to manage going forward. And I think it really heightens the importance of taking advantage of the current tax rates between now and 2026 to do something about the tax deferred status of your IRA, 401k, 403b, 457, you name it. Um, again, for some of you listening, there's an opportunity uh, to do some converting from IRAs to tax-free accounts. And I think, and you know, if you're listening, that we've been talking to a lot of you about that. But I would think that if you are in belief that tax rates are going to be higher in the future, and this expansion of, you know, federal programs is probably going to speed that up, uh, then I would encourage you to reach out, have a conversation about your personal scenario, and see what could be done to improve uh, your tax situation only now, but in the future. What's a couple of trillion between friends, though, Scott? That's the real, the real question here. Yeah, twenty four, twenty six. What's the difference? 
<laughs> I see on the usdebtclock.org, it has not updated the new two trillion. Uh, it has not added the two trillion there yet. So, st- yeah. still still waiting for them to factor that in. It'll be a big day when that jumps up all of a sudden. <laughs> be a big bump for sure. Absolutely, uh, it is eye opening, and uh, as as you know, sad and uh, dangerous and wild that this coronavirus situation has been in the short term. The long term implications of this thing are going to be around with us in the form of this debt for a really long period of time. And it only makes sense that at some point we're going to have to account for that. And it's going to really manifest itself probably in higher taxes. And so if you're not making that part of your plan, it's a big mistake because um, they're going to come and, and they're going to call for those dollars at some point. And so we need to be prepared for that. And that's what Scott helps people do all the time. If you're a current client, you certainly know this. If you are new to the podcast or you've listened to a few episodes but haven't met with Scott and the team yet at Elevated Retirement Group, I do invite you to get in touch and have a conversation about that. You can call Scott at 913-393-4724. That's 913-393-4724. Not knowing how long we're going to have to do this whole remote working type thing, but we can certainly have Scott and his team meet with you remotely. Don't have to come into the office necessarily if you want to have those kinds of conversations and get help without being face-to-face as well. You can also go to listentoscott.com. That's listentoscott.com, where you can find more information, past episodes of the show, and get in touch. Well, Scott, thank you so much for the help on this week's show. Always enjoy getting to learn a little bit more about the financial landscape with you, and uh, we'll look forward to the next episode. Looking forward to it, Walter. Talk to you soon. That's Scott Dugan. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for taking the time to join us this week. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Your Retirement Elevated. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.